in a world that's moving at a fast pace and the use of social media on the rise with billions of content to consume it's almost impossible to keep up with what we value the most in life Hi guys, my name is Olivia Tutu, the host of Unscripted with Lead, a podcast that will change your life. I'm talking about raw, relevant, yet relatable conversations with go-getters, trendsetters, and inspirational figures. Join Lead every Thursday at 6 p.m. Central African time on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Anchor FM, and YouTube. Unscripted with Lead. Another week, another episode. Welcome, welcome back to my podcast channel. My name is Olivia Tutu, the host of Unscripted with Liv. If you're new to the channel, don't forget to subscribe, like, and share this podcast with two of your favorite people. And if you've been a consistent listener, I just want to say thank you for the love and for the support. Don't forget to subscribe. Also, if you haven't done that already, and share it with two of your favorite people. Now, today's conversation is a little bit on the edge, more so because I'm having a conversation with a friend. Wait, wait, wait. Let me let me rewind that. Rose, am I your friend? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Let's start from there. Uh, how can I even say no if I, even if I wanted to? But yes. Camera, Olivia, yeah. yeah. Okay. Friend. Just for this particular episode, Rose and I are friends, okay? <laughs> Period. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so we're basically having a conversation around intimate partner violence, mm. which is a very strong topic something that i did mention that i was going to speak about uh, on the podcast more so because i've seen a lot of people experience it and i think to some degree i might have experienced it myself you know but then we're going to unpack all that and more into this episode so make sure to stick around up until the end now before we get into all the crazy busy issues like hmm. sensitive topics i have three icebreaker questions that i'm going to ask you okay i might respond depending on how <laughs> How, how it goes yes how it goes okay so the first question is what is your favorite item you've bought this year hmm favorite item that i've bought this year mm-hmm. uh i'd give it to the carpet in my room oh i really really love that carpet. i think when you start picking household <laughs> stuff as your favorite thing mm. just know you're growing ah, i'm growing guys <laughs> Wait, have I I haven't bought anything this year. Mm-hmm. Like anything tangible. Most of the most of my expenses are around food and mm-hmm. airtime and so I I don't have anything in particular that's my favorite. Okay. Yeah. Why do you like the carpet though? Um you know it's uh it's got an abstract kind of print to mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And um the colors aren't deliberate and there's one color, one one section of the cut mm-hmm. that's just purple. Ooh, and I know so, you love purple, yeah. lavender too, right? Yeah. So it's like the only part of the carpet that's purple, and I feel like that's pretty unique because all of the other colors are in a sequence and a pattern, except that very one. Ooh, I think the carpet shows you. <laughs> I think so too. Yeah. Uh, the second question is, what do you have planned for your birthday this year? Hmm. Fun fact, guys. Rose and I sort of almost would have shared a birthday. True. My birthday is on the 27th of February, hers is on the 28th of February. Very close. Super close. close. <laughs> Maybe even a few hours apart. Right? Mhm. Well, like, you know, I have to be viewer friendly on my options. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm not going to like your birthday. Say what I really really want to do on my birthday. Yeah. Uh that's like my personal secret, but mm-hmm. like for like everybody else's ears and the safety of everybody yeah. listening mm-hmm. i think i just want to sleep really and i've done a lot of introspection from the beginning of the year mm-hmm. about who i am and my my personal development and which i've been very deliberate about yeah. in the past few years so for my birthday really if i don't sleep mm-hmm. i will probably spend it eating and listening to music oh well i love the fact that there's food And for my birthday, this is my Jordan year. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to be 23. Ooh, hey, big ooh. 23. <laughs> I'm just thinking about all of the things I did when I was 23, but yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> Give it to us. And I I honestly don't have a plan yet, but I think I might do a lot of solo things this mm-hmm. year because mm-hmm. I just want to introspect and just look back at my life and see what I want for the next chapter. Yeah. So I might do a dinner alone. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. And yes. just look cute, pretty for me. Nobody else, but of course the grand mousse cuz I mean. Please carry someone who's going to take the pictures because oh, don't worry. you know we need, to, we need to we need to keep track. Yes. <laughs> if it if it didn't capture it, it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> the last question. If you're given the chance to change your gender, would you? Uh, 
Really? Because like, you know, when we, when we first spoke about this podcast, you said we have to be as candid as possible. Yes. So I'm going to throw in something. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would change my gender for one reason only. Which is? You know, like I, I find it very intriguing, mm-hmm. the, the man body. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a firm believer that the female body is the best thing God ever made. Mm-hmm. But like, I feel like there's something interesting about being about a man. being a man, yeah. I wouldn't want to be a man my whole life. Mm-hmm. But like for a few hours, Maybe. I would like to be a man just to experience really just the the way the body is made. Mm-hmm. You know, not have boobs for, for a few hours and not have hips for a for few, a few hours. hours. Yeah. And, you know. Just hmm. their home, the male genitalia to just experience yeah. it just for the sake of experiencing sake and of maybe experience. use it, you know. <laughs> but yeah, personally, I don't think I would like to change my gender mm-hmm. for some weird reason. I absolutely love being female, mm-hmm. like, I love 100%, and I don't even want to know what's on the other side, yeah, yeah. So, I think I'm comfortable. I mean, the, the male body is intriguing, yes. But I feel like there's nothing much to it. No, there's nothing much to it. Yeah. But really, I just want to know, like, you know, what is it like to be a man? To be a man, you know? <laughs> to be a man, yeah. Now, tell me, how was your childhood like growing up? Were you a social butterfly? Were you, you know, like in your space? Because judging by the way you are now, one mm-hmm. would think you've always been this child who doesn't really care. Like, I'm in my business. I'm going to do my thing, okay? Oh, wow. Um... Well, growing up, I was a very curious child, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always asking questions. Yeah. I always want, wanted to know stuff. Mm-hmm. I wanted to understand how I'm related to my siblings because a lot of my siblings are much, much older than me. Yeah. And so I wanted to know, like, how am I related to this 30-year-old? <laughs> how am I related to a woman who was married with kids? kids right? You know, like, I was mm-hmm. really asking a lot of questions. Yeah. And... I wanted to be somebody mm-hmm. that I know for sure. And I spent a lot of my childhood rehearsing being a journalist or traveling mm. the world nice. and vlogging. Mm-hmm. Before I knew what vlogging was, yeah. I was practicing under a mango tree. Mm-hmm. And so like I had <laughs> a lot of dreams and I was really an ambitious child mm-hmm. growing up. And a lot of that changed. Like mm-hmm. there are a lot of things that happened in my life as a child mm-hmm. that changed my outlook on life completely yeah and i think i'm going to share more of that yeah, in this episode on, you know yeah. as we mm-hmm. go on but i've there was a really huge shift and mm-hmm. i feel like when i look back at the child in me mm-hmm. i would have never thought i would be here because like the child in me was really ambitious. I was thinking I'll leave Zambia when I'm ten years old. You know, like I had big <laughs> dreams, guys. Okay, you know, okay. I was like, when I'm ten years yeah, old, I'm I will not be in Zambia yeah. anymore. Mm. I'll be in another country. Yeah, I would imagine how I would be friends with like the white kids and mm-hmm. the cool kids. How I'd yeah, be a yeah. dancer or something yeah. like that. Would so you, like mm-hmm. my childhood has been like that like really just ambitious mm-hmm. um playful very inquisitive child go get her mentality mm-hmm. yes, right yes now would you say the shift happened when something drastic happened to you or it 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 was just meant to happen either way like shifting from being inquisitive being abcd to the person you are now i think um i would have never like there would have never been a shift mm-hmm. if that part of my life didn't happen. Not and I think we... it's like the realization of it mm-hmm. that altered my life. Yeah. Like if it happened and I never knew what it was mm-hmm. and what it meant, yeah. maybe it wouldn't have such a huge impact mm-hmm. on who I yeah. have become. But with the realization of it and knowing like, okay, this is what happened. Yeah. And mm-hmm. this is what I've experienced. So yeah. it just like kind of, you know, turns your whole world upside down yeah yeah now we're speaking about intimate partner violence mm. but i also understand to say there's like different violences mm-hmm. or um abuse that people encounter in life mm-hmm. of which you've experienced it as well can you tell us a little bit more of your own experience okay um i have been sexually abused i've been molested and um i have experienced rape in my life and a lot of it is by like the people that should have protected you been like my guardians you know what i mean mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. 
it be, it being that it was my brother mm-hmm. who was the first person to do something like this. How old were you? I think I was like eight years old. Mm-hmm. That's as far as I can remember. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we're living in the same house with this yeah. guy, my brother. You know, mm-hmm. like your biological older yeah, brother. like my mom's son. Wow. Yeah. And 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 um. This went on for a while. And even when I told my mom about it, mm-hmm. she kind of just rubbished me, you know. And like a lot of the times, even now as an adult, and I sit and I think about it. Mm-hmm. Like why would a mother not believe her daughter? Mm-hmm. Or why would a mother rubbish something so serious, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, would you would you also say in her defense, it was mm-hmm. a little bit different from like the times she grew up in and also i think the time you were eight years old there wasn't enough safe space for people to come out and say oh this is what's happening to me or maybe it also depends on the form of abuse that you experienced or the you know i feel like with my mom um, i don't want to make excuses for her Mm -hmm. which i think i have made Mm -hmm. excuses for her a lot in my past but i I hate to say that maybe I kind of understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know my mom very well mm. because we didn't have that kind of relationship where we got to know each other. Yeah. But from what I experienced with her, mm-hmm. I I could, you know, assume that she may have also been abused mm-hmm. in her past. Yeah. And um, I could also assume that it was very hard for mm-hmm. her because it's like her daughter and her son. Mm-hmm. And like it was evident with like no question my mom did love her sons more mm-hmm. than she loved her daughters mm-hmm. may god rest her so my mom's dead oh, my yeah my mom died like last year mm-hmm. and um so i think for her she was like in the middle like who do i defend who do i believe mm-hmm. and maybe it was so much easier for her to just brush it off, brush it off yeah. and behave like it didn't happen mm-hmm. so she can be able to live with herself yeah yeah i see now um how long was the abuse and did your brother stop or he had to move or you had to move? How were the dynamics like? Well, um, it went on for a few years and like it started to shift, you know, like when it was happening, he would walk in on me when I'm asleep. Mm-hmm. So I'll just walk into a man on top of me with a lot of semen on my clothes. Mm. And then it, it became games and would do it while we're awake. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not like he he just stopped because he wasn't interested anymore mm-hmm. but it's because i told my mom about it mm-hmm. and did your mom ask him n- yes my mom asked him in, in my presence mm-hmm. like you know there was my mom and my brother's wife at the time mm-hmm. so i told my mom and then she called him and then mm-hmm. she asked him are you doing these things and he was like no how can i be doing something like that mm-hmm. and so my mom turns to me and she says you shouldn't be lying you know mm-hmm. like this could get somebody arrested mm-hmm. and what 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 so it made me feel like yo Mm. I'm just imagining these things. Right, and it's like a it's lie. Yeah, there's two adult women here mm-hmm. that I'm telling these things, yeah. and they're not believing me. And you are around eight years yes. old. Yes, and I was like eight or nine, you know, yeah. when this was happening. Mm-hmm. And my brother just kind of like discontinued, and that kind of roughed up the relationship between me and him, mm-hmm. because during the time that he was doing this kind of thing, yeah. he was really nice to me, always buying me gifts, mm-hmm. always being nice, and I always tell people like, you know abusers come in different forms yeah it's not everyone that's going to like threaten you and tell you if if you ever tell anyone i'm going to kill you Mm -hmm. i'm going to do something yeah some of them just are really nice to you they make you feel like what they are doing is right and you're deserving Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know yeah and that's how it was with my brother and it wasn't just my brother that did these things Mm -hmm. there were other men in my life that i got exposed to that did similar things Mm -hmm. and before i was like 12 years old by the time I was 12 years old, I had like three men that had already touched my body. And, and even when I told my mom about it, mm-hmm. she didn't pay it any attention. And I, and I can't seem to understand why, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I hear you when you speak about not wanting to give excuses for your mom and all that, which is, I think, it's every parent's responsibility to yes. take whatever their child is going to say, especially a girl child. Mm-hmm. Now, after you experienced three different men um, sexually abusing you, at what age did you then seek help or find a space where somebody actually said, yo, this, this is real and we need to take up action? Well, 
when I was 12 years old is when I got to understand like okay this is wrong. this is what happened mm-hmm. and this is what it means because yeah. I found out from school like in my grade 7 or grade 6 class mm-hmm. where my class teacher sat with us and she was talking to us about puberty yeah. and telling us like your bodies will change mm-hmm. you get hips you get boobs so when you start menstruating <clears throat> this is how you should fold your pad and this is how you wear a pad mm-hmm. so like from all of that side talking about bodies like when somebody touches you here yeah, yeah, you tell you yeah. tell an adult and yeah. so when she was saying all those things the puzzle was coming together in my head because yeah. i was like somebody touched me like that yeah. that happened to me mm-hmm. and i couldn't come out and tell my teacher like that happened to me i yeah. started asking the girls in my class like have you ever experienced this before like has this ever happened to you before mm-hmm. and they were all saying no 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 mm-hmm. and so immediately i self alienated myself mm-hmm. thinking mm, I'm the only person this has happened to. There's something wrong with me. Yeah. Because like, why hasn't it happened to, to the people in my age group? Yeah. So there's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. There's something about me that's making these things happen. Mm-hmm. And I started blaming myself. And I became a very angry child at 12. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of my siblings, if they were here, and you would ask them mm-hmm. what my life was like between <laughs> like 13 and, yeah. and 20, maybe even up until now, some of them would tell you like, I'm a very angry child mm-hmm. or I used to be an angry child. Yeah. I was very disrespectful. Mm-hmm. I was acting out all the time. Mm-hmm. And this was because there was so much anger and betrayal built up in me. Mm-hmm. And so like I was just, you know, acting out. Yeah. Feeling as though exactly. they should have protected exactly. you, but they didn't. Yeah. Now, would you, would you say you've fully healed from that experience? And also before you answer that mm-hmm. question, I think the question I should ask is, so after you discovered that that's that's not right, did you report still, or maybe you just said, you know what, I'm gonna be angry, but I'm just I'm just gonna let it slide. You know, after I found out what had happened, I went home, and uh, on the news it it was being reported, and the adults around me were like, you know, it's wrong, and my mom was there saying, oh me, anybody who can touch my child, <laughs> you know, I can kill them, oh, wow. and I'm just like woman i told you though mm-hmm, and you didn't mm-hmm. do anything yeah but here in front of everybody you want to look like you can actually do anything about mm-hmm. it and so that was just building more anger in me yeah. because i'm like you're telling me that you can protect me but, but you're not protecting every me. chance you've gotten to protect me you've you not done, done that, that. Yeah. and so um i didn't talk to anybody after that i think i i started talking about my experience again when i was like 14 mm-hmm. 13 or 14 when i met a guy from my school and mm-hmm. he became my best friend he's still my best friend up until now Ooh. and i would talk to him about these things i think if mm-hmm. there's somebody that has seen me grow and heal mm-hmm. is that particular guy yeah. because he's been there in my life when it was bad mm-hmm. and when it was getting better he was there so i can't say there's like fully healing mm-hmm. i would be lying yeah and like i would hope for like full healing Mm -hmm. for any survivor of sexual violence and i I can't say for sure because there are certain days when you just wake up and life is just you know bad Mm -hmm. you hate yourself and you remember what happened or you could go to sleep and have nightmares about it Mm -hmm. you could wake up and be triggered in a conversation um with men and i was told like my friends that it's it's something that lives with you for the rest of your life because yeah. even when you walk in you can't walk past a place with more than two men you're going to be thinking mm-hmm. will i make it like past yeah. these men without them trying to jump me mm-hmm. or them trying to rape me mm-hmm. you can't be in a room with just men and not be thinking about 10 different things these men could possibly, could possibly do, to do, you. do to you yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. it's like you live with it for the rest of your life you just learn how to live with it mm-hmm. you it just becomes more bearable Mm -hmm. and the pain doesn't completely go away Mm -hmm. but like you just learn to live with it and become more bearable i i absolutely love that now you you've spoken about how you were abused as a child Mm -hmm. but then you also were abused as an adult you Mm -hmm. experienced rape at what age did that occur well like i experienced rape when i was 17 Mm -hmm. and when i was um, in university mm-hmm. but those are experiences I, I wish to not talk about okay. because like I'm still trying to forgive myself for those times mm-hmm. um, mainly because there's a lot of self-hate and blame yeah. that come immediately after, after being 
um, raped or violated mm-hmm. sexually yeah. as a human being. And this just doesn't go for women. It mm-hmm. also goes for men yeah. that have been violated. Mm-hmm. The immediate response is just hating yourself. Like, mm-hmm. how can you let this happen to you? Yeah. Especially when it happens to you as an adult. You're like, how could you let this happen to you? Where were you? Um, what were you thinking? And it's mm-hmm. even before the rest of the environment yeah. or the, the the community starts asking you these questions, you yeah. start asking them to yourself yeah. because that's just how we're conditioned. Mm-hmm. We are born or raised in communities where sex and sexual violence is so normal. Like here in Zambia, yeah. if a man went to a police station and, and, and said, I've been raped, raped the police will laugh. die laughing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They'll just be like, what were you thinking? Mm. You know, and there's this idea that if it's not painful, then it then wasn't rape. it was okay. It's, yeah. It wasn't yeah. rape, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. Or mm-hmm. like if you enjoyed it at any point, then it's okay. Mm-hmm. Or if you consented and withdrew your consent, mm-hmm. then it's okay. I think you know. I think a lot of people don't even speak about withdrawn consent. No. Like what I one thing that I realize and understand is that consent can be withdrawn at any stage of the act. True. And the minute you say no, stop. The person mm-hmm. has got to stop. But if you said yes at the beginning and then it's like you said yes, you yeah. know, and I think, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I don't think there's like a lot of laws that are surrounding this whole idea of rape, defilement and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But now we're, we're, we're speaking about intimate partner violence mm-hmm. today. Like I stated earlier, more so because it's something that I have seen occur mm-hmm. in people's lives. And this is something that is sort of on the rise but just for that one person who's watching or listening how would you define intimate partner violence well for intimate partner violence it's any form of violence that is um done by an intimate partner mm. so this could be your current boyfriend or yeah. Let me use gender neutral language. <laughs> your current partner, your current partner, your yeah. previous partner, mm-hmm. or someone that you're just dating. Mm, your would be partner. Yeah, your would be partner, you know? <laughs> yeah. And in Zambia, we don't really have it like highlighted as intimate partner violence, mm-hmm. like in our statutes, but mm-hmm. it's um, watered down or included in domestic violence. Domestic violence. Yes. Yeah. So intimate partner violence in Zambia is regarded as domestic, domestic violence. violence. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's any kind of violence and it could be physical, mm-hmm. it could be emotional, it could be yeah. psychological aggression, all of those Financial fall under yeah, it could fall under <laughs> yeah. intimate partner violence mm-hmm. as long as the person initiating or perpetrating it mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. an intimate partner. Mm-hmm. So now of course, there's like different forms of intimate mm-hmm. part- partner violence. And I think one of the most noted is the physical because yes. like you can literally see it yes. like this person is beating me and stuff like that. But can you give examples of maybe the psychological, the the the, the emotional violence, mm-hmm. the, the financial violence, if there's even such a thing? Oh, well, like when we when we talk about psychological, we're talking about um, stalking, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. stalking threatening mm-hmm. when your boyfriend is telling you stuff like oh um you know couple of guys especially <laughs> you know i've heard this before you know, I, yeah yeah oh my one day now i'm on a bulletin and girls you are know, like oh he, he loves, loves me, me. Yeah, no that's, that's not it mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. he's literally threatening your life, your life you know yeah. and that on its own mm-hmm. should flag off as mm-hmm possible intimate partner violence yeah. yes he's just saying it he hasn't mm-hmm, done it mm-hmm. but what's the guarantee that he's not going he's to do not, it yeah and, then, and i always mm-hmm. say like if somebody can verbalize something then it's right. been in the mind for yeah. a long time you for you to be able to life. say it with mm-hmm. your mouth then yeah. you've thought about it mm-hmm. because things don't just come out like loosely just, yeah, no yeah. you have thought about mm-hmm. it maybe not deliberate like mm-hmm. you haven't spent like half the day thinking like am i going to shoot this girl yeah. But like it has crossed your mind, like and for you to be able to this, say, it, I'm gonna do that. exactly. Yeah. So any threats, stalking, and even you, just body shaming, mm-hmm. because like when you're body shaming your partner, mm-hmm. you're psychologically beating them down, mm-hmm. and that's a form of violence in yeah. itself. Telling your partner like, oh, you need to lose weight, mm-hmm. oh, you're too fat, you're too oh thin. no, mune <laughs> like yeah. all those things mm-hmm. will may will turn, who start to eat at somebody, yeah. and already that's you violating them because mm-hmm. it's disturbing their peace mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Now, how can one then detect what intimate partner violence really is? Because I think the fact that it's happening between you and someone who's very intimate mm-hmm. to you, it sort of feels like, well, maybe. You know how we give excuses for yes. why someone does something? Like, no, he's nice, though. He's not always like this. Mm-hmm. Like, he's probably just angry. Yeah. Like, someone slaps you, like, no, he's just angry, but he, he doesn't usually do this. But, like, he's done it, you know. And chances are that he might repeat it. it. It could be words. It could be action. How do you detect it? Especially the fact that it's coming from someone you strongly love. Or at least like in a way. Well, I feel when it comes to intimate partner violence, you need to know yourself. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the times, young people get into relationships, they don't even know who they are. Mm. They don't even know what they should tolerate. Mm-hmm. And a lot of um, violence just doesn't... You just don't wake up and become a violent person. Yeah. It's coming Built back from your childhood, from how you are cultured, from how you are conditioned. Mm-hmm. So you need to look at this person objectively. Mm-hmm. Don't just be like ex- making excuses for, for somebody's person, behavior yeah. or enabling their behavior. Mm-hmm. You need to look at this person and say, okay, this guy has a history of being violent. He's mm-hmm. been beating his girlfriends mm-hmm. or he's been rumored to have been raping the women he's been with. Mm-hmm. And then you're just going there and saying, oh, I'll change him. Yeah. No, yeah. this person, you literally know that this person comes from a violent background. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you need to, know what you're getting yourself into mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and tell the person i can't get with you until you, you deal with this, this. And, yeah. and a lot of these things come from uh, a trauma inflicted background mm-hmm. so when you deal with the trauma and the things that are causing you to do it to like mm-hmm. be this way towards yeah. other people then you most likely not be a perpetrator of such things yeah. but as a person who's on the receiving end how are you going to know like okay this guy mm-hmm. is probably violent it's in the way they talk mm-hmm. it's in the way they do things yeah and even just the way the person holds you yes aggression you know you're like call mm. me i want a man who can corner me <laughs> but yo <laughs> you know there's a way that you just know like okay mm-hmm. this, this kind is, of grabbing yeah, yeah, is yeah. not right mm-hmm. or you find constantly losing his temper mm-hmm. when a person is constantly losing their temper with you just mm-hmm. know like Would you, they mm-hmm. they have the capacity to become violent, yeah. especially if they're short tempered. Mm-hmm. Because I've seen women and I've heard of women who've made excuses for men, like, oh no, he's just a short tempered guy. Mm-hmm. It's me. I did something yeah. to make him feel mm-hmm. this way. That's already a problem. And guys who isolate you from your friends, mm-hmm. you know, there there are people who you've been in a relationship with, but they'll try their hardest to take you away from, from your people, friends, yeah. from your family, yeah. from the people you love. It's That's already them. a red flag. Yeah. This guy is always going to tell you like, oh no, I don't like your friends. I think mm-hmm. your friends are jealous of our relationship mm-hmm. or your sisters don't like me. Mm-hmm. They just think I'm not good enough for you, but mm-hmm. me, I'm doing everything I can. Yeah. Just know that's red a problem. Flag. Yeah, that's a red flag. Mm-hmm. And even when this person is constantly um, love bombing you, mm-hmm. you know, because there are four phases of violence. Mm-hmm. You know, the first phase is where the person is just making threats mm-hmm. or saying things like, oh me, if you ever try to leave me, I'm going to kill you, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And then now the, the, the other stage is where the person starts to plan, yeah. you know? And mm-hmm. here you can't tell because you're not in their mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this person is planning like, oh, Olivia, one day. Mm-hmm. And the third one is where now they start to do these things. Yeah. They start hitting Showing you. you they start talking to you in a bad way. Mm-hmm. They start calling you names. Mm-hmm. It's the action. Now they start to act it out. Yeah. And the fourth stage is where they honeymoon you, you know? Ooh. It's like I hit you and then I take you on a trip to Dubai. Ooh. How are you going to leave me? Yeah. And that's like the four phases of intimate partner violence. And mm-hmm. th- this is how abusive men do what they do. Mm-hmm. They start by telling you in jokes. Mm-hmm. And as women, we we tend to like ignore or we become very passive. Like, Especially ah, when no. you love someone. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're blind to it or what, I, I, but we just don't pay attention I, because I, don't know. I always say, believe somebody, what they tell you, believe, believe them. Yeah. The person is telling you, me, me, I have a short temper. I get you're to a point to where I just want to beat you. And you're just yeah. like, eh, at least he's telling me the truth. He's expla- he's warning me <laughs> he's in advance. He's being open so like, about his actions. Oh, open about what he's going <laughs> no, to no, do I, to I you. I feel you. And, and just getting back to what you said about like how do you detect intimate partner violence, I think 
being self-aware is very important mm-hmm. like you said because you're able to set boundaries yes. and you're able to dictate when dictate when someone is not treating you the way you want mm-hmm. to be treated so it's easy for you to leave because you know to say okay this is olivia this is what she yes. likes i can't tolerate this so yeah. i'm leaving mm-hmm. or no one of my boundaries is that you're not supposed to do abc mm-hmm. so the minute you do it i'm leaving and also with regards to this whole idea of like saying you are appreciating him when he tells mm, you something mm. i think when you when you just love someone whatever they say just sounds right like even if it's very toxic and, and it's it wrong be like that. you know and i feel like that's where the whole idea of self-awareness comes in and also understanding that you are deserving of more mm-hmm. you know understand that you're deserving of more like no one is supposed to hit you no one is even supposed to mention hitting you no. whether they love you or they don't because i think if a random man walked up to you and said they will hit you, you would take it as a threat. Yes. You would want to go to the police. Mm-hmm. But if your partner says, Nkakuma, denka kusanganana, oh, he loves me. Hey, you know? You know? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that is about. But really, mm-hmm. you we need to move away from that. From that you yeah. need to love yourself enough mm-hmm. to know what you're deserving of. Like yeah. you said, mm-hmm. like you should know that yeah, I deserve more. more. Yeah. Like this is not love. This mm-hmm. is not how I should be treated. Yeah. And I've noticed that a lot of women who tolerate this kind of violation Mm -hmm. come from a background where they are love deficient Mm -hmm. like you've not been given enough love love as a child Mm -hmm. and then even as you grow there's not a lot of love that you've been given so you're willing to settle for any bullshit that that they give you like yeah Yeah. you're okay because you're like okay it's okay um because like at least it's one percent of the love it's okay so Make sure even as you move on into mm-hmm. sharing yourself and sharing your life with yeah. somebody, you have enough. Your love tank is full. Mm. You have enough to give you at 100%. Yeah, because yeah. you can't be going into a relationship saying, okay, I have 20%. Justin will give me my my 80%. Mm. And that's a problem mm-hmm. because now you'll be living off of this person. Yeah. You'll be completely dependent mm-hmm. on this person, which yeah. is not okay. Yeah. And you're giving them a chance to violate you in turn. Mm. I, I love that. I love, like, be love sufficient. Mm-hmm. Love yourself yes. more. Because I think one of my friends asked me to say, you know, a lot of people tend to tolerate a lot of toxicity in mm-hmm. relationships and just life in general. But she asked me to say, if you had a glass of water, right, mm-hmm. and you were thirsty, and they tell you to say, you can wait for, like, maybe five minutes and get normal water and drink, or there's a glass of water with a tiny bit of, of poison, and if you drink, you're going to die. Which one would you wait for? Mm-hmm. Which one would you take? You know, obviously would go for the one that's that's fresh water, clean and whatnot, right? As compared to the mm-hmm. the one with, with poison, whatever it is. And sometimes we tend to settle for less because we're, we, we are in desperate need yes. of love. Like I want to be someone's person. I want to feel loved. I want to feel accepted. And so you will take whatever the person has. Oh, he loves me. It's just this one time. Mm. Or well, at least even if he beats me, he gets me flowers, you know, and mm. stuff like that, which shouldn't be the case. Now, what do you think are some of the causes of intimate partner violence? Like what really triggers? Well... I would still take it back to upbringing, mm-hmm. you know, how you're conditioned yeah. growing up mm-hmm. as a person. If you come from a background where violating women is normal, treating women like dirt is normal, mm-hmm. that's what you're going to be doing. Yeah. And if you don't know any better than that, mm-hmm. that's all you're going to know. And we'll that's all you're going that. to do as yeah. a human being. Mm-hmm. You ha- are coming from a background where your father used to hit your mother mm-hmm. and you believe that that is how it should be. Yeah. And if you don't know any better before you meet somebody, mm-hmm. that's what you're going to be doing. Yeah. And also as a woman on this side, if you are so love deficient, like you're so desperate for love, mm-hmm. you will settle for anything. anything and that's any a problem. You need to be able to love yourself enough mm-hmm. and say like, okay, if I don't meet the love of my life, it's okay. In this I lifetime, am the love of my it's life. okay. I yes, am the love of yes, my life. Uh-huh. But the problem is with women, we've been told like, you know, by the time you're 25, we're at least you should be in a strong relationship with strong a man who wants to reach you're home. You're supposed to be married. Or wants to <laughs> let out to marry. What, what, what? My sister, 25, you're supposed to be already exactly. married. You know, people are telling you like, Ish, <laughs> if you make it to 30 and you don't have a boyfriend, like then, you die alone, yeah. you'll be lonely. Or like you're any less of a woman. So it's you know? it's got a lot to do with the society that we're in. Mm-hmm. Because society makes excuses for men's behavior. Right. They'll say, oh, he beat you. It was, it's just once. Me, mm-hmm. I've had women who've said stuff like, ah, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, 
you know <laughs> you so i'm know, like just because yeah. it happened to you shouldn't happen it doesn't to mean me. it's okay yeah mm-hmm. and just because you tolerated it doesn't mean it's yeah. okay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so it has a lot of things to do with our society because mm-hmm. really in zambia we are at a point where rape is normal mm-hmm. like somebody can easily just say oh i raped somebody and his mm-hmm. friends who fist bumpy more you're mm-hmm. the man yeah, the man. Somebody could say, I got raped and everybody would be telling her, what were you thinking? Why were you at that house? Mm-hmm. What were you and, doing? And that, Why were you home yeah, late? Yeah. Why were you walking mm-hmm, at 18 mm-hmm. hours? So it's like, It's constantly you know, trying to make excuses exactly. around the act. There are so many the excuses for the man's behavior. Yeah. And there's a lot of pressure being applied to women mm-hmm. to say, by this time, yeah, you, you should, should be married. Have, yeah. By this time, you should have children. Mm-hmm. By this time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the excuses of bad behavior mm-hmm. and the pressure to be with this, this person, person with a bad, bad behavior. behavior. Yeah. Sort of when just aligning sense, people. It's just like <laughs> it's an alignment. Let's like, violate let's each just, other. Yeah. <laughs> like let's just deal with you each know. other. And, and that's a problem. And and also the fact that you've spoken about like the pressure that comes from society and just mm-hmm. like the pressure in general. It's funny how in the literal sense we are society you and i and everybody in this room and like you know people at home like we are the society and it's funny how we sort of put pressure on ourselves Mm -hmm. but then it becomes too much to handle that we tend to just set off whatever is available and i'm gonna give you this practical example i'm basically 22 Mm -hmm. but already i can feel the the pressure beauty you know like (laughs) it's so crazy because it's like, oh, your sister got married at 23. Ooh. The other sister is engaged at 23. Ooh. And then you're 22. You're not even in a stable relationship, man. What are you doing? You know, And it's not like they're constantly asking the serious questions. Mm-hmm. It's in the subtle conversations we're having. Mm-hmm. Oh, what I'm like, okay. Hey, you when know? is like, yours coming? <laughs> like, I heard, but like, if I haven't found the right person, then I won't be forced into getting into mm-hmm. the space. And also just trying to make women understand to say, there's really more to your life. Yes. You know, marriage shouldn't be the end goal. Yes. Think of traveling the world, of mm-hmm. being the greatest so-and-so. Like you Managing know, director. Yeah. You know like, what I mean? Think of exploring yourself and your life to the fullest where you fully understand yourself inside out. Yes. So that even as you're settling with someone, it's not because you're being pressured or because somebody's telling you to, to, you know, to do something. Now, I know we've spoken about how usually the pressure is on the women Mm -hmm. and the abyss is coming from the men. But I also do understand to say there are certain relationships that have a different dynamic where the man is the one who's being violated Mm -hmm. and the woman is the perpetrator. How then can a man handle that? Because I think you can't openly come out as a man and say, I'm being abused. Why can't you? I've, I think it's because society again. Let's get back to society. <laughs> <laughs> I'm blaming society. No, mm-hmm. but okay. In, in the actual sense, we as people are the ones to blame mm-hmm. because we haven't given men the environment or the platform to say, it's okay for you to report when you've been violated in a way, you yeah. know? You know, like, Olivia, I feel that, you know, there's no one mm-hmm. in this life that yeah. can advocate for your needs mm. better than yourself i remember you said that yeah. i always say like yeah. you know women we put ourselves out there yeah. like for me i've put my whole life out out there to advocate you know? for women yeah to mm-hmm. advocate like to bring to life women's lived experiences mm-hmm. i've put my whole experience out, out there, there right? you know what it's like when you walk into a room like for you you are just telling me <laughs> off set like off screen <laughs> you are telling me like for th- almost three years you yeah, started like, yourself wanting to ask you know, me nothing and you then you I couldn't ask you, me and then i'm like should i you know and focus. i go through that every day mm-hmm. like yeah. you can walk into a supermarket and somebody tells you oh i watched you on tv yeah, and I then you were talking about this yeah. did it really happen mm. you know you put yourself out there yeah people now know like oh this is what happened to this person mm-hmm. they already know your body count yo uh-huh you know yo. but like um men need to put themselves out, out there. there you need well. to dare to put yourself on the line yeah. because for me as a woman i mm-hmm. could come out and say yes men are also being violated but i have no idea what that mm-hmm. is like yeah. so I, I will speak about it from an ally's point of view mm-hmm. but we need to get more men to speak up and no society is never going to be ready mm-hmm. for a man to be vulnerable you just have to society was not ready for women mm-hmm. to work for Mm -hmm. women to vote Mm -hmm. for women to choose how many children they want to have for women to choose whether they want to get married or not Mm -hmm. society was never ready for that women had to advocate Mm -hmm. women had to put their lives on the line you know to get 
any recognition mm-hmm. to get their needs met mm. so even men mm. like me i'm challenging the men out there mm. like enough of this no why is everybody just focusing on yeah, on women, women and i've women. seen it even on facebook mm-hmm. men who comment on a story or a situation that has happened to a woman mm-hmm. and be like it also happens to men so mm. i'm like it should not be you coming to this post, post yeah. to comment that it also happens Happen. to men it should be you going out mm-hmm. there in yeah. real life on mm-hmm. the grassroots yeah. to talk to men and let men know like it's okay to be vulnerable mm-hmm. and to challenge the police officers when police officers laugh at men's mm-hmm. lived experiences mm-hmm. yeah. because even us as women let's not forget police officers still laugh mm-hmm. police officers still question the credibility of our experiences yeah, yeah. but we don't stop reporting mm-hmm. So men can't say, oh, no, because they'll laugh at me. I'll just sit here and just wallow or sulk. Yeah. It's, it's not going to achieve anything. Mm-hmm. You need to be ready to go out yeah. there and put your life on the line for you to get any form of recognition around mm-hmm. your lived experiences. Yeah. So, yes, this is happening to men. But mm-hmm. if men are not ready to talk about it, if men are not ready it to look happening. vulnerable and be vulnerable, yeah. then it's just going to continue mm-hmm. happening yeah. because... As women, there's only so much we can okay. do. We also have our own issues, issues to advocate for. Yeah, for, right? we have issues mm-hmm. that we're fighting for. Mm-hmm. So men who feel like, you know, there's not a lot of recognition being given to men, or mm-hmm. there's not a lot of consideration being given to men. It's time for you to get up, wear your shoes, and mm-hmm. start to get start demanding. Yeah, start for demanding that. for this yeah. um, mm-hmm. recognition. Already, as women, we've continuously had women's marches. I've mm-hmm. never had men say Marching. we're going to march for our rights. We're going to march for what? Mm-hmm. So if you feel like you really are being violated yeah. and you really are being treated unfairly, mm-hmm. get up and do something about it. Mm-hmm. And don't say, oh, you women who are advocating for yourselves, can you come here and advocate for us? Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. Yeah. We have so many issues that were advocating for and it goes beyond sexual violence it goes beyond intimate partner violence Mm -hmm. we are still fighting for recognition in in, in places of of work we're still advocating for equal pay Mm -hmm. we're still advocating Mm -hmm. for whether we want to get married or not Mm -hmm. you're already you're 22 years old and you're already feeling the pressure the pressure to get married you know know? (laughs) so we're still fighting for that we're still fighting early marriages where Mm -hmm. men are choosing to marry 13 year olds you know so it's like really men Mm. were inviting you to the battlefield. Join Come us, and fight join. with us for fight your own for rights. Your own, yes. There's enough mm-hmm. fighting space <laughs> and there's enough, you know, <laughs> ammunition space, to yes. fight, uh-huh, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Now, of course, while you're tuned in Transcripted with Leave, make sure you're sipping on some good cup of coffee, tea, water, juice, or whatever beverage best suits your needs. And don't forget to subscribe, like, and share this particular episode. Now, um, do you think we have enough spaces or resources that are channeled to um fighting intimate partner violence in zambia well no we don't is it because is it because people are not coming out or it's because well really our our government Mm -hmm. not just this government but governments before yes have not um done what they're supposed to do Mm -hmm. to ensure that they are actively fighting um this kind of violence Mm -hmm. and there are no shelters Mm -hmm. so let's say if i am being violated Mm -hmm. by my boyfriend who i live with or Mm -hmm. by a boyfriend i don't even live with Mm -hmm. but he beats me and he knows where you stay. yes he knows where i stay he knows my whereabouts there's if i go and report to the police Mm -hmm. right yeah there's nothing that the police can do to retrieve me from my place and give me a safer sp- space where he can't find me. Him. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The only safe spaces and shelters that are there are run by YWCA, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And YWCA does not belong to the government. It's mm-hmm. a non-government organization. organization. Yeah. So, the government in itself does not have oh, shelters. Yeah. We've heard, I think it should have been 2015 or before that, mm-hmm. when the government said they were constructing shelters. Mm. But we've not heard any update on that. Mm. We've not seen any shelters being, being commissioned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we don't have, the government has not been deliberate about providing safe spaces. Mm-hmm. But we do have safe spaces with non-government organizations. Yeah. We have... Um, uh, Kids Alive Zambia mm-hmm. that provides safe spaces yeah. for to to young women and girls and boys that have been violated or that don't have homes or are being violated in their homes. Mm-hmm. But we don't have anything owned by the government. Yeah. So you can imagine how much 
these NGO shelters are overwhelmed mm. with how many people yeah, have yeah. to go there. Because I'm also thinking, should we have a lot of people actually report every form of intimate partner violence or just violence in general, then the shelters are going to run out of space. Exactly. So there's more need we for do. government to we actually, actually act do. on this. We actually do have people that report. These domestic violence cases mm-hmm. are being reported. Um, I was looking at the statistics and it was showing that 43% and more of all of the cases that are reported, GBV cases that are reported, mm-hmm. 43% of them yeah. are, on average, 43% of them mm-hmm. are domestic violence cases, which includes intimate partner violence. violence. Yeah. So that's a really huge chunk, yeah, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. of violence uh, being perpetrated either against men or against women. Mm-hmm. But there's not enough Resources. care and support mm-hmm you know, towards ensuring that these people are safe, Mm -hmm. to ensuring that these people get justice. The cases take too long. I was Mm. talking to somebody just a few weeks ago. They have been pushing their rape case for two years now. They've still gotten no justice. Mm. They still go to court. Two years, Mm -hmm. you know. So it's a lot. mm -hmm. Because I'm thinking, imagine you report to the police to say somebody has been threatening me, Mm -hmm. you know, and then you don't have a shelter where they can protect you. And then... Or maybe there's even a, uh, some evidence of violence against you. And then first you're not put under a shelter for protection mm-hmm. or anything like that. And then this person is roaming the streets. Yeah. Chances are that this person can come at you yeah. and completely finish you exactly. off. You know? And so I feel like there's more need mm-hmm. from the government yes. to act on it. Because if we're going to advocate for people to come out and say, you'll speak about those things, if you're being violated in any way, sexually, mm-hmm. emotionally, uh, physically, report. But then it's like, what then? After yeah. I report, what happens? So you we know? need to ensure that the government puts in the necessary measures because it goes just beyond being raped Mm -hmm. yes when you're raped there's all of that physical damage and physical trauma that happens but like there's a lot of psychological and emotional uh damage that Mm -hmm. is caused that needs to be fixed so the government yes they can say oh no when people report we do a rape kit no we at least the cases get to court and all those things Mm -hmm. but like what happens to the survivor after Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. how do they how do we integrate them back into society? society because yeah. you know there's too much damage that is caused there that you don't you really need a lot of therapy mm-hmm. to be able to rebuild yourself to what you once was yeah. and then you know being integrated back into society mm-hmm. and being as active and productive as you yeah. were I absolutely love that. Now we're coming to the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. We'll probably need you for a part two. Because sure, I, <laughs> I feel like there's a lot more that has to be spoken about. Now, describe the future that you would like to live in. Well, the future I would like to live in mm-hmm. is 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 pretty plain and simple. Mm-hmm. But like it's very it's also very <sighs> a lot of people will say it's unrealistic. I wanna but, hear it. Um I see a future where, you know, women and men treat each other with respect Mm -hmm. and, you know, where men don't violate women or Mm. treat women like a piece of property, Mm. where, yeah, Yeah. where men's behavior is not enabled, Mm -hmm. you know, because we have a system like the patriarchal system. Mm -hmm. It continuously works in favor of men, Mm -hmm. allowing for men to do just about anything and everything they want. Yeah and letting them go Mm scot-free so i see a future where there's no patriarchy Mm -hmm. you know where men act right Mm -hmm. and where women can hold men accountable Accountable and where women love themselves enough to not allow to be treated any kind of way Mm -hmm. you know not to be not to allow themselves to be treated as less Mm -hmm. of humans so that's the kind of life I think I see where women can choose what they want, where women can make their own decisions, Mm -hmm. you know, with no judgment, with no fear. Mm, I love that. Now, if you were to be remembered for one thing, one thing only, what would that be? Hmm, I don't think I'm I'm a very memorable person. I like to think I'm very forgettable. <laughs> no, I, I don't but, think so. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like to think that I'm very forgettable. But if there's one thing that I think I would be remembered for mm-hmm. is how passionate and unapologetic I am about women mm. and children. Mm-hmm. I love women and children. I don't intend to have children of my own, but, but mm-hmm. I love children. I really feel like... 
it's very important for us to protect the children we have now mm-hmm. because if we mess it up with the children we have now we're going to have messed up adults yeah and we're continue going to be like we're going to continue feeding into a vicious cycle mm. so i feel it's very important to like harness the children, the we, children have we have now and teach them as much as we can and mm-hmm. love them as much as we can to so that they don't end up like us yeah. you know so mm-hmm. they don't become like adults who have to deal with so many issues Having to go for yeah because i'm not going to lie to you yeah. i feel like i've spent maybe half my life has been wasted in mm-hmm. trying to, to build everything mm-hmm. that has been broken yeah. and everything that was taken away from me mm-hmm. so if we can you know love the children enough as they are children mm-hmm. we can hope for a better adult mm, i absolutely love that i feel like that's like one of the most selfless ideas of what you would like to be remembered for now before i let you go do you have anything you'd like to say to our listeners and viewers yes to the listeners and if the you viewers. are being violated mm-hmm. leave that relationship please asap don't die for nothing mm-hmm. and don't make leave excuses the relationship stop making excuses for the man mm-hmm. he's not the only man who's going to love you mm-hmm. there's 10,000 other men and if you don't find a man Preach. Mm-hmm. it's okay to be alone mm-hmm. like find peace With within yourself find happiness mm-hmm. within yourself yeah like you don't have to you know um succumb to any kind of bad treatment just because you want to be loved mm-hmm. and don't focus on one kind of love yeah. there's so many kinds of love there's love that, that you can, can get from your friends yeah. from your family mm. try and cultivate that kind of love mm. that's positive that's good for you mm-hmm. other than fixating on a love from one person a love that could most likely kill you mm-hmm. and please pay attention to the red flags mm. when you see something that's no off about your partner is, yeah. pay attention mm-hmm. and don't tolerate that yeah. and lastly report mm. report if you report to one police station and they don't believe you move on go and report to another police station mm-hmm. and to the men come and advocate for your own issues nobody's going to advocate for these issues for you Please and thank you. Yes. Please <laughs> thank and thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for coming through Rose. There you have it. If you're just joining us, you can always play back and listen to the episode or watch it. And yeah, special thanks to 17 Restaurant for the partnership. And of course, we've come to the end of the episode and as per tradition, if you haven't subscribed to the channel, please ensure that you're subscribed. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, on any other podcasting platform, be reminded that we're also on YouTube. Do check us out there, viewers, and just comment. You know, YouTube is good because you get to comment your 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 experiences or your stories. Remember, this podcast is about storytelling. I want to hear your stories. Have you been victimized? Have you been violated in any way? Just let me know i really love responding to comments and just getting to interact with you guys and like i say i'm gonna say it again i don't want to be known for what i'm against i want to be known for what i'm for and i am for people regardless of who you are i love you but god loves you more see you next week same time same place bye for now are you a startup or established business and you wish to reach out to an audience that will buy into your product or service great news you can now advertise with unscripted with leave at affordable rates what are you waiting for Take your business to greater heights. Unscripted with leave.